Viewer discretion is advised. If you're not vulnerable, then you're not prepared to go all the way. You know what I mean? True. And for me, I'm just like, the way you give your loko to the kofunga when you kayo pita is the same way I, I give my loko to the octagon when I'm there to fight, you know. I'm ready to lay my, my shield out there. And, and if I die, when I die. Mandate. Welcome to Mandate, where we navigate fresh perspectives and nothing is off the table. Tonight's guest is originally from Tamaki Makoto, out in West Okilani from Avondale, but now resides in Brisbane, sunny Brisbane in Australia. He is renowned for his punching power. He's durable and also in the major leagues in the, uh, the Ultimate Fighting Championship. And so the man is another proud Samoa, son of Samoa, and also a man who is a heavyweight contender. So please put your hands together for the man himself, Justin Badman Tafa! Oh man, my love also. Hey, no, thank you once again for coming out. I know you've been a busy man um, today. And so just off the bat, before we kind of dive into the conversation also, please tell us, man, because um, prior to UFC, what, what else were you doing also? Yeah, man, I was, I was just saying before, you know, I was a, was a youth worker. I was working at... Um, yeah, youth family shouts out in the uh, north side of Brisbane, Kabulcha. And uh, yeah, I was there three, four years. Damn, damn. And so, and, to, and so the fighting game, because I know the fighting game has always been uh, in your family. I know your grandfather was a, was a, was a boxer as well. And so is that something that you always knew that you were going to be in the UFC? Or is there something that kind of you just fell in it because it was just natural for you to get into the, the, the fight game? Yeah, man, I never thought I was ever going to fight ever. You know, I... I was like any other boy on the, you know, on the come up, wanting to be all black or play footy. And then um, fighting just always came around, you know, like whether it be on the rugby field or <laughs> out and about, that, that kind of altercation I was good at. And um, I was doing all right at footy. I went and played my juniors at Melbourne Storm. And then I lost the passion for footy and fighting was always there kind of thing. It just it was always around me. And I just found my way in after footy and I joined the uh, kickboxing gym. And I just thought, man, maybe I'll just have a one fight just to shake off this footy dream that I um, I ended with. And that, that that one win got contagious. I was like, man, that was the, the best feeling. And then from there, then on, it just, just kept getting bigger and bigger. The goals kept getting bigger and bigger and ended up fighting in the UFC. Damn. Um, one of the things that interested me is um, you had mentioned somewhere, I can't remember exactly where, but you, essentially you'd fought less than five rounds of fighting in front of a crowd of about 500, and then all of a sudden it was like a crowd of 50,000. Um, what was, you know, that's such a massive jump. What was the leap like from that to the, where you're at now? Man, it was, uh, you can't explain it, eh? Like, I try to compare it to something, but it's real hard to compare with, but... Um it really shocked me because I, I, I tried to get some advice from Israel, Adesanya, and he was just like, bro, you can either absorb the energy of the crowd or you can just deflect it and stay like laser focused. And that fight, I thought, oh, you know what, I'll absorb the energy and I'll see how I go. And I ended up getting starched that fight. And um, I knew it was because I thought riding off the energy of the crowd was my way, but it wasn't. It was just a good lesson, you know. I remember looking up to the furthest point in that stadium, man, and there were still people standing. And I was like, damn, man, I was 
was finding at a pub just before this a few months ago. Now, here was like 50, almost 60,000 people there. And they're all just eyes on you, you know, two guys in the middle of the octagon. And it was pretty scary, but I wouldn't have any other way now. You know, that was that was the biggest of the big. It can't get any worse than that in some yeah. sense. Cool, man. Was it challenging to come back from that? From that? Yeah, for sure. You know, um, the biggest shock for me is that I'm not much of a a speaker. I'm not out there and outgoing or, or whatnot. I'm, a, I'm quite the introvert. And seeing like my messages blow up, man, like I had more messages than followers, you know, and I was just like, damn, this is insane. A lot from my own people and just bagging me and whatnot and, and telling me how um, bad of a fight I was, a disgrace to Samoa, this, that, man, you should just go jump in front of a, a, a train or something. And at first I was like, damn, man, I wasn't used to this. I was taking it to heart, especially like, I, I didn't mind like other people talking shit because... I don't know them at all, you know, I can't relate to them. But when I see a brown face to the profile, that's someone I see myself in, you know, and it was real disheartening and I remember I was a bit lost for a bit. But I remember my um, <clears throat> my auntie was always saying, like, she was in a coma once, she woke up and she's like, I dreamt of you in America in front of thousands of people. And I was like, I always stuck to that. And I knew, now nah, that was just a start. Shook it off and asked for a fight and I fought a couple months later. Man, Jeez. shucks. That's sad. Did you did you message? Were you one of the kids? <laughs> it made it worse, man. I, <laughs> no, I fought in like November, I think it was. I fought in Feb. I knocked this guy out in uh, Houston and the same guys, they messaged their hate. They were showing love. Showing love. Oh. They hadn't even deleted their, their message beforehand. I was like, holy. That's when I knew, you know, like, oh, yeah. that's when I was like, man, these guys don't care what's happening. You know, they, they're not, they're just sitting on the fence, you know, waiting on what side they're for and then they'll bag me no matter what. Jeez, because I remember they fight um Justin with the, the Castro, eh? Yeah. And so, like you say, is it because you kind of the whole event got the better of you at the time? It's like, oh man, it's a massive crowd, and just and then what do, you, what do you reckon? Did you lose a bit of focus at the time when you jumped into the octagon, or was it just? Well, the thing was, I was like, I was hurting him, and um, I could see in his eyes he was he was getting shook, and I just sh I just shot the the gun too fast and too early. And my mind went before my, my body kind of thing. So I keep I used to just relay that moment. I was like, man, that was the ugliest punch I deserved to get knocked out for that. But it, it was just overwhelming. And, and you know, I, was, I wasn't used to cameras in my face. I wasn't used to, like, seeing, like, celebrities in, in that. I remember I was like, damn, that's the guy from Avengers. And, <laughs> 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 and I was like, oh, man. <laughs> but, man, it was... I remember Mark Hunt saying, he seen me after, and he's like, looking at me, he's like, you know, at least that's the worst thing that can ever happen, eh? And I was like, oh, yeah, hard. And I just laughed it off and then I was like, yeah, he's right. Man. But because, it, you know, when he caught you, was all, how, how do you get back from there? Because you were saying that people were trolling, even some of our people trolling you. But how do you kind of like mentally like prepare yourself to like get back up again? Because some people are like, oh, man. Like you were saying, oh, man, you get mad, fuck a mad. Like, yeah. oh, man, I don't, I don't know, man. And you, I don't know, maybe you could have, some doubt could have crept in, in, in your mind. How did, how did you get up and just say, you know, you know what? It's, hey, it's just one of those things. I'm going to carry on. Man, I, honestly, I just changed my point of view on it. I was like, you know what? Man, only I'm hard enough to come back from this. You know, that's the way I saw it. I was in camp and I was like, and what a story will be, you know, like, I'm that tough that I can do that. And that I just, it just like made me even more hungrier. Yeah. I was like, I used to look up 
look in the mirror and I'll be like, fuck, you are that tough kind, you know? Hard cash. And um man, I say that I even say that to people now. Like that's my, still my mentality. I look at what like yeah. bro. I could get knocked out, knocked out in front of all those dudes and come back. I, I don't care what anyone says. And I grew a lot from from like reinforcing those thoughts and man, I came back, I I remember I was walking down in Houston, it was like Paul Zingas here, Halle Berry there, you know, Russell Westbrook here. I was like, damn, this is the JJ Watt over there. I was like, holy <laughs> heck, oh, man, what they get myself into, but I was like, you know, yeah. I belong here. And they're finishing him in the first round and man, they're just like, that was it. I was like, no, nah, I, I know what I'm doing. Gee. It's always interesting, eh? Because some people, they can be a bit trigger shy when something happens like that. Like, you know, it's hard to keep that same energy. And so I wonder, where does that determination come from? We know that you're from a family of fighters, but is it sort of the circle that you keep? Is it family? Is it hereditary? Is it like, you know, what, what is it about your life that's given you that sort of determination to persevere no matter what? I think, man, I, there's like four of us here. I got three brothers and we we're just real competitive and I was just a sore loser. <laughs> that, that's it, man. Like, I hated to lose anything. Even like if we do like workouts, I hate to lose the workout. <laughs> and I used to pun up, I'll pun up with my brothers and they're like, bro, relax, it's just a workout. Like, no, we got to win. I think that's where it come from, you know, like in 40, I hated losing. Even in volleyball, I hated losing. I just, I, I just had the competitive nature and it was like, I used to think it was a bad thing being a sore loser until these kind of moments come and I was like, nah, this is why, you know, this is why. You know, man, it's sad that like our own people were sending sending you those messages, but like for a lot of, it probably would be a part of it too, but people don't realise like people we look at like celebrities and fighters, like they're human as well and they have feelings and I know there's a lot of talk when especially those who've been in the game for ages get oh no I don't read those comments but man you're human eh 100% man I I know that for sure yeah there's no way someone you know words are oh you know they're saying like sticks and stones and that I don't think it's true you know like if your loved one said something bad to you it will hurt your heart you know what I mean like and um yeah, I'm just I'm just anyone else, you know. I I try to relay that all the time. I say that to the guys at my gym, like you guys see me come in day out, day in day out. Man, I'm human just like you guys, yeah. you know. So, whatever I'm doing, at whatever platform is, it's attainable kind of thing. So, that kind of thing is like I'm trying to humanize myself in some yeah. sense. Yeah. And I guess mm-hmm. like I guess the light of it is that you got to differentiate real quick. Who's for you? Who's not? And who's your inner circle? And yeah. like, who who are the ones you keep around you that really that you end up listening to and they add fire to what you do? Obviously, my family. It's good too that they that they fight, so yeah. they come from a point of view where they can relate. Um, my kids and um, my tight knit friends that I still come and see here in Auckland, I still see them to the you know like you know who who rides for you because they copped the loss just as bad as you copped yeah, the loss, you know what I mean? Like, they're down for the week, like I'm down, so. Nah, man, it's, it's good to be able to draw that line quick in some sense, so it's kind of that blessing in disguise. But man, it's still hard though because you always want to put on for your, yeah. you know, for your country and that, and there's still those that, that stray away and those guys that slip through the cracks and whatever they're saying is like, gets to you, but 
that comes with, that comes with the you know the job. That's mean. Yeah. And shout out also like, you know, we're all massive fight fans here, and um, you know, I'm not gonna lie. Like when we saw the message come through, like we're always asking people, oh man, you you all good to come on? But when you had message, I was like. Sorry, I was I was trying not to be a girl or like cream my undies, but um, <laughs> but, but the man was shadow boxing. He was shadow boxing. <laughs> 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 but um, like for me, it's like when we see someone that looks like us that comes from like a community like us, um, that wears the malo fear, um, with pride. It's like man, that's one of our people and, if, and for a lot of us that work with the next generation that the youth work teaching it's like we know where these kids come from and when um, when we see someone like you like on the big stage like fighting through the dreams everyone sees the reality the cool stuff but don't realize there's this hard grind but it's it's possible for this generation and i don't know it's, i just want to shout out to like you and all the other brothers out there and probably touch on that as well because you, you've done youth work as well like you've grown up in central and it wasn't easy out those ways um what was it like growing up and the journey that you've gone on yeah man it's, it's something i always say you know i always i always just like i said i always say to anyone and my family you know like me and my brothers like we were the black sheep of our whole family you know and we we're just you know single mum state housing all of that we did all of that in a hand, hand me down on the yum yums and bread all week. So like, we just used that as fuel, in some sense. Never let that define us and put us in a box or whatnot. We 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 used that as something to to make ourselves bigger and better. And it's still good to to know where we come from. You know, like yeah. it, it usually takes me coming back here and. Going past the streets and that, it, when, my, when my brother used to do the runners at the dairies and that, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's growth now. But man, you had to do what you had to do, and I, I think that all that stuff was character building for a reason. You know, all that stuff happened for a reason, and that's why we can stand, stand strong during those adversity and that. Man, I love also because man, props to you also because I, I think a lot of young men or women out there watching this and who want to be in the UFC. They look at the glitz and the glamour, like, oh man, the crowd is just it's awesome. But also, can you kind of run through, like, what, is, what does it really take? Because I can under, I can just imagine, man, it's a lot of sweat, a lot of blood, a lot of tears. Because you can't just rock up and think, oh, I'm, I'm a good fighter, man, I got skills, I can actually be in the UFC. But tell, tell some of these, these guys who uh, aspire to be in the UFC, what does it really take to be in that octagon? Yeah, man, it's, it's, it's a. It's real hard because I'm a big believer in it's your will that will get you past anything. And now I'm that kind of warrior spirit kind of mentality person. At the same time, it takes a lot of discipline and hard work to understand the important things we're fighting, especially MMA. There's so many different aspects of our martial arts that you have to be decent at to, you know, fight at a high level. So, like, um, just being aware of that, but also having that that dog in you, you know, um, it's just as important because there are a lot of good martial artists out there, black belt in, in every single discipline, but if they didn't have that ticker, man, that's just nothing, you know. It's yeah. bread and butter folded, you know what I mean? Mm. Do you yeah. think, um, sorry, do you think um, Samoans have that dog? Like, 
Man, because some of our our biggest stars are not trying to, you know, six eight five. No, just, just say <laughs> six eight five. <laughs> David <laughs> Tua up there, yeah. Mark Hunt, and we got you and your brothers coming through. Bam Bam, <laughs> Max Holloway. He wants oh, yeah. his name. Rob with a cup. Rob with a cup. Rob with a cup. We'll take him away. <laughs> yeah. Do you think it's just in our in our blood, or was yeah, it all the hidings that we man, had like, when we growing up? <laughs> I, I don't know. Like people, like they always ask me, man, those Fijians are big people, man. How come there's not many of you, like in the yeah, UFC true. or or Tongans and or Cook Islands, and you know we're all from the same origins, and I don't know. I, I don't know what maybe it's something in our cultural traditions that. I just think that banter, man, gave us thick skin. <laughs> 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 Getting roasted and whatnot. You get that little. That's all. I, I don't know. I, I always think about the team. I'm like, man, what makes us so successful, man? There's time after time. There's a good, a great boxer, a great MMA fighter, and I think, I think it is that that local, you know, that we have is it's like embedded in us, and we just. It shines at the right time, man, and during those altercations and that. So that's what I can pull it down to. That's cool. Man, just a tangent off that. Um, I'm curious about how it is thinking about how people, you know, we love to scrap, you know, we're, we're known for iron chins and heavy hands. Um, and so stand-up fighting, like boxing, kickboxing, all that sort of thing, comes somewhat naturally to some degree, yeah? Sort of similar to how people just assume Islanders can play rugby. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, it's a lot easier for us to pick it up compared to others. But I wonder then, how is it for you having to learn, you know, you touched on it a little bit with MMA, there's so many different aspects. So having to pick up things like um, BJJ, you know, throwing up triangles with calves and, <laughs> and thighs as thick as ours can be a bit tricky, but how's it been for you um, having to learn some of these new things like wrestling and BJJ and all that sort of stuff? No, it's been fun. You know, I think we're lucky that we like rugby and, and it's another passion of ours and that, you know, translates well with the wrestling and the grappling, you know, like you grow up hitting people at the backyard and it's somewhat similar when you start wrestling and whatnot. But definitely, I think we just have to alter with our builds, the different kind of moves that we can do. Because <laughs> in class, they're, they're like, hey, can you throw up a flying triangle? I was like, Sorry. <laughs> I think my legs can do that. <laughs> but man, it's, I feel like we're still at, at like a, starting you know starting stages of of mma for polynesians and look how many got you know great fighters have come yeah. we still haven't specialized in what you, you know like what you said all the grappling side of things and yeah we still produced guys like you know max holloway who i've spoken to and said he's a proud Samoan. even rob, well, rob whitaker man and they were both ufc champions so if that's us at stage one I just can't wait for what the future holds. The hybrids. Hard. Mm. And I got a black belt and beard. I mean, with a golden buckle. <laughs> the wife's not here to verify. Can't delete the subway. Oh man! But even that, um, Uzo, because you're right. You see the the Samoans and obviously the Pacific Islanders, Dongans, and so forth. It comes natural, like what Jay was saying. It's quite natural that our, our people are into the, the fight game. 
And you look at Max Holloway, you, th- you look at his conditioning, just crazy conditioning. Just one of the guys, you, you know, you look at him, he's, are you sure the size of, of Max Holloway? He's, he's one of those Samoans who are quite thin. But I just wanted to ask because Max, you, you think of um, Mark Hunt, how much of an influence has Mark Hunt been for you as one of the kind of the, the forerunners or the guys who's kind of been in the fight game for years? But how instrumental has he been in terms of inspiring you but also kind of ad- advising you in, in the fight game? Man, he's he's. I wouldn't be in the UFC if it wasn't for him. You know what I mean? He um, scooped myself and my young brother up early in, you know, like early in our careers, and he he seen something in us and took us to all those camps in Thailand and took us to Vegas and whatnot. And I think that the biggest lessons he showed us was like that mentality that everyone's the same, eh? Because he's just like a normal, he's a normal guy, and then he's like, look at these guys, man, they're just normal dudes, and. The respect that was given to him amongst other great fighters and they're just looking at him and I'm like, man, I, I spend a lot of time with Mark and he's just like a normal dude. Yeah, man, guys like Daniel call me like, oh, they're like, Mark, man, like, wow, it's an honour. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, uh, <laughs> this guy. But it's one of those things where you had to show someone, you know, really like put them in in his like in his shoes and, and show how possible it was. Show that, man, that, there's nothing there that really differentiate. Like, there's a difference between us and them. And um, our team was, you know, myself, Junior, Bam Bam, Pedro, and Carlos. Now we're on the UFC, so whatever he was trying to show us, man, yeah. it was right because now we're we're at the pinnacle of combat sports. And man, he's he just doesn't get the uh, rap that he deserves. And we were in um. Like we weren't big ballers or anything. Like we got families to pay, like to to serve, and he used to cover all our bills and pay us to come to these camps. And it wasn't for him. He already knew how to fight. He's been fighting since '99 in K1. He was doing it for us. So that's that kind of service, man. He's he's always a legend in my eyes, and man, I always I always regard him as my mentor. Yeah, that's cool, man. And that's sad because especially out these ways, New Zealand, I'm not too. Sh- sure about Australia but like media we don't really um, hype up our fighters like they're man when it comes to rugby they're at the bottom of the heap but man we've got some of the best sportsmen athletes in the world and we're not even pushing them it's only the people uh, yeah that's sad what are your thoughts on that honestly I don't mind them oh, yeah. the world's big enough yeah, <laughs> yeah true I like walking the streets and <laughs> and just being a normal person and picking up my son from school and no one bets an eye, but now it's getting a bit different, but it would be good to be acknowledged more, you know? Just like the All Blacks, man, the same probability to be a UFC fighter is the same as yeah. being All Blacks, so they should appreciate how hard it is and, 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 and whatnot and just show love and that, but I, I feel like the media are the big influence, you know, for for the, the wider audience to, to understand that, you know, appreciation. Like, obviously, all the islanders, they, they ride or die or they're well supportive of, of all our stuff. But if the media don't push it through, like, on the newspapers and that, man, they, the rest of the people won't know. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned picking up your kid from school, and I, I there's kind of two parts to this, but um, the first one was... Do you have ambitions for your kids to join the fight game, or 
Because you understand the true cost of it. So I'm curious about whether that's something you'd like as a legacy thing or it's up to them or you don't want them in it. It's up to them. I don't mind, you know. Like, um, if it, if they want to, even with anything, like, if they want to, I'll be there trying to do my best to guide them whatever they want to do. But um, and my son's been around the gym since he was a, a baby and now he's he's almost eight. He's seen guys get knocked out cold, and that it doesn't. He doesn't. It doesn't even phase him. He's like, oh, "Well, you should have put your hands up." <laughs> um, but he's never trained, you know. And I, I don't force him. He's been around that many great fighters, and he, I was like, "If if he wants to, he can. If not, so be it." You know what I mean? That's cool. Um, the the next part to that was, um, why do you fight? You've sort of talked a little bit about um, what led you to it. But, you know, people have talked um, about, you know, whether it's glory, legacy, just to provide, um, to use the talent or for respect. But what is the big idea that drives Justin Tuffer to be a fighter? Yeah, like like, like you said, it's, it's my talent kind of thing. But I love the competition. You know, I love to fight. I used to fight anyway. You know? <laughs> I'll fight it. But, um... <laughs> No, in a controlled manner, but and my grandpa used to always bicker. Like I used to think it was bicker, you know, back when I was younger. Oh shit, man, I'm not this lesson again. And he used to say, "Man, so long as you honor whatever talents God gave you, you know, you'll get my blessings." And that I didn't really get it when I was younger, but when I got older and whatnot, I was like, "Oh man, this is what I'm good at. This is my way of serving my family through these talents, and and that's fighting." And and now that's that's what I'm doing now, you know, like trying to use my talents just to play my part. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. And when you think back to, um, you know, the advice from your grandfather, and even I guess sort of reflecting on your own self, like how has fighting affected you as a father? Because they're completely different, but there's no way to separate them entirely. There must be some crossover there. So how does fighting affect you as a father? Oh man, I'm still learning now, but um, I think being able to be a father and my son knowing who I am as a, you know, where I stand in the community and whatnot and and being a public figure, but still being that same father, I think that that's what, what he cherishes a lot. He's like, oh, that's my dad, but he'll come out to the stadium in front of a sold out stadium and seeing, oh, that's my dad too. And it was pretty cool. But just that, I think he appreciates a lot. That's why, he, um, that's why he's a good boy and listens all the time. <laughs> that's good, man. Sounds like you're a good dad also. Um, but you, you mentioned earlier on that you were raised up, you and your brothers were raised up with um, your mom, just silly mom. So you were talking about fatherhood. How, how, how was that for you in terms of uh, your dad was in, in the picture at that time? And, and to, oh, I don't know if he's, if he's in the picture now, but um, how, did, how did it pan out for you in terms of kind of growing up with um, just, just mom in the, in the household? Honestly, I think for me, like the blessing of being a, a islander is, is that we're all strong, you know, family oriented people and big families too. So I had a lot of uncles and, uh, and my grandpa and that to um to rely on for that that male figure. But um, man, my dad, my dad is a he was a big dude, man. Around the hood, he was a scary guy, known to be a good scrapper, man, and did a lot of time in jail. Um, you know, even Alex Leopold would be like, man, your dad, man, he was a scary dude. And that guy fought Vladimir Klitschko, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I knew my dad's not a, a man of too many words, but 
And I was like, man, that. They probably said that you were quite a tough dude. Like, nah, nah. <laughs> but, um, you know, he had his demons. When I was younger, I used to, I used to resent him and that, but until you get older and you understand mental health and all this and their upbringings, then you come to, to be at peace more, you know, as to why things happen in certain ways. And now I get, I get more, more knowledge on mental health. I'm like, man, it was actually quite rough, you know. But yeah, definitely one of my uncles was my, my, one of my main uh, role models. My, my firstborns are uh, my son's namesake. Tough man, he, he was, you know, there in church 24-7, he worked 24-7. I was like, man, do you ever sleep? And um, at the time, I, I didn't really appreciate it like, or understand it. I didn't really bat an eye to it or anything until I was later, like, had my own child. I was like, man, this stuff's hard, man. Carrying the family's tough. And he did it with no, you know, like, no complaint. So, yeah, just having that big family was really helpful, man. It, it's true, you know, it takes a village and... I was lucky enough my village was, you know, had all the right right uh, pieces to the puzzle. That's nice. Awesome. Also with that, you know, the resentment towards your dad, because it could have went any way, and for a lot of our young men, they hold that anger and they'll take them on a different path. Like, um, how was that, like, reconciliation, or was there a healing process for you, letting it go? Yeah, oh man, it's, I was quite a... A bright kid growing up because I already knew there was things were adding up you know there yeah. was a reason why things weren't piecing together and I knew my um my grandfather's past too so it was like, adding one and one and um it wasn't until I started taking up youth work and going to these courses and stuff and trauma courses and whatnot and then I was like using my dad as a guinea pig kind of thing yeah. in his situation and I was like damn that's rough you know so yeah, like, I still got mad love for my dad and that, you know, like my mother's side are the ones that box, but my dad was the, he was the tough kind of man. And <laughs> a lot of people know that then it was his, the dog and him. That's why we have our dog, you know, um, but we, we, um, we, we, we understand now, you know, like I think a, a big part of the being at peace was like reflecting on yourself and knowing, man, you're not all good too. You know, I, I got my faults as well. And I understand where those faults come from and then look at him and be like, man, yeah, that's, that's, that's why. And yeah. that's not an easy thing for us men, and especially Pacific Eye, like reflecting. <laughs> mm. yeah, we're, we're quite reactive people, you know, mm. very passionate and stuff. It just takes some guidance to understand if you can step back and, and look at all angles, man, you can get a better picture. And then that was the thing, like, for myself. I stood back and pretended I was in his shoes and assessing all this, all, you know, all the trauma and that, and I was like, damn, yeah, that's a tough gig, man. Because my old man was a good footy player, played New Zealand 19s, 21s, he wasn't, you know. And I was like, man, even if you're talented and that, yeah. there's stuff that, um, even hereditary mental illnesses and that, that I think he has, and, Sounds like you've got the right people around you too. So. Yeah, but, but you're right because you touched on a really important topic uh, in terms of mental health, also, and obviously it's quite prominent now. People talk about mental health everywhere, mental well-being, and so for yourself, you talk about trauma. So how do you 
what's what's some of the the tips or techniques that you have taken on board to kind of you know when you're going through a bad day if you're going through some some hardships or struggles what are some of the things that you have kind of have uh, gleaned and, and learned that kind of keep you up to par or just keep you sane i think it's like um being aware of yourself and that eh? like it's cliche and everyone always says it but if you know your flags and that what ticks you off or what what kind of behaviors you do when you're not you're not right and you're on the you can you can assess yourself and be like damn shit i'm not i'm not feeling good or, and then understand your anchors or things that um you know those self-care things like as much as people blab on about it but when they do it that's the things that actually saved them eh? and mm. for me it's all like time away having time away to think you know maybe it's a long drive or something or or being around my kids or something and really places where you can just think in that that's like um, that was my kind of thing because camps get quite um quite stressful and whatnot you know and you don't want to be that angry do that during camp because you're cutting weight and you're training three times a day you know one, one day you might slip and you have a bad day but when I'm aware I am then I just you know I just take a cruise and listen to your guys' podcast or something? Nah, but yeah, that's what I do. Oh, Just awesome. making sure I'm away, you know, like, or ask my missus and dad, or she'll say something like a word or something. They'll be like, "Hey, yeah, you know, you know, you know, you're not up to it today." It's good, that's man. Cool. Appreciate that, Us. And it's it just. It's awesome to kind of see you, like, you know, you've talked about the determination to bounce back with fighting, but just to hear about it in other facets of life, like just some of the other stuff you've had to overcome. And uh, I agree 100%, like, just in terms of taking the time to reflect and get some perspective. And, you know, there is a lot of generational trauma um, that we inherit, and sometimes we don't even realise we have inherited it. Um, and the journey to sort of understand that aspect of ourselves is li- a lifelong thing. You know, we're always learning. Um, so just big ups to you for being able to get through that, um, but also just to speak about it openly. Um, one of the things I remember um, that stuck out to me that you had mentioned was that um, you said, I always want to represent Auckland, especially Avondale, and I fly the flag of Samoa because we're a minority and I want to be an inspiration for the young people of my culture. And I just saw how cool it is that, you're not only just inspiring young people, but like we're older than you and we're still inspired. And it's just cool, like Charles was saying that like, you know, we're all involved with youth and younger people. And it's cool to be able to like point and be like, that's what you want to do. There are people that look like you there. Um, And and you sort of mentioned something in in the last answer about, um, on one of the previous answers about talent and hard work. Um, And so just, Touching really quickly um, on your journey as a fighter from up and comer to where you're at now. Um, you've trained at different gyms, Tiger Muay Thai, City Kickboxing, all over the place. Um, have you seen that whole argument of talent and hard work play out in the gym where you see people that ultimate talented and then others that have to put the hard work in? Yeah, and definitely. what's that been like? Man, just, you know, like a um, prime example is my younger brother, Junior, Man, he's talented as, but I wasn't as good as I'm not as good as a fighter as he is. But I understand through my footy, you know everything I learned in footy that if you train hard enough and work hard enough, man, you can still come up to that level and 
we always talk about it and joke about it, but that's like a prime example, man. Like fighting comes natural to him. Like he got a good eye, boom, boom, boom. Whereas me, I, I had to train maybe twice as hard to get to that same level. You know what I mean? And each to their own. But at the same time, man, if those talented guys work hard and he's worked hard, man, it's even more dangerous. But definitely a possibility that if you work hard enough, you can be up there. Like some of those guys at Tiger, man, they're killers, man. And they train like four times a day. Like I was like, man, this is the determination. Like, and they tell me, man, I wasn't those. Like, this is my earlier fights. I'm like, damn, man, there's some of them world champs now. And is it, is it, does it come down to they were talented or because they put 40 hours of training in? I was like, man, maybe it was the 40 hours of training, eh? So, yeah, do the both. But definitely hard work. I feel, I feel like that trumps talent. You know, if, if talent's mediocre, man, if they're not training as hard, hard work will always trump. Because you always, what happens is you always push yourself to that limit and, you, and then you start being used to being uncomfortable, you know. With that talent, they never hit that comfortability. But when you're working hard and you're constantly pushing yourself to that limit, you get comfortable and and, and then you're like, the calluses on your hand, you know, reflect how hard you're working and, the same concept, like, man, it's getting tougher and tougher to, to get used to more weight and more weight and more weight. The same with the hard workers, like, the more you work hard, the more used to the deep waters in that. Yeah, that's cool. Because you, you think about um, Uso, because you get a lot of Pacific Islanders out there in the fight game now, and I, I don't know if you've heard it as well, the kind of stereotype, like, oh, yeah, it's just big, but they got no gas in the tank, they always, they're not fit, all that kind of stuff. What, what do you see now in terms of uh, these new fighters, or in, like yourself, do you, do you realize now that, no, no, I just, just can't rely on my laurels and, and my power I just and my chin, but I, I need to train the house down? Yeah, for sure, man. I, you know, like, I think just history, having guys like Tua and that set the platform for us, we're like, it's been you know, in front of us for so long now. It's just normal to know that, you know, it's a common sense to know that our strengths are in our power, but our downfalls if we don't have the gas. And it's good that you got guys like Eugene Behrman and that, that are Samoan mm. and well aware of that. So they drill it harder, even harder for the Islanders at, <laughs> at their gym to make sure you work even harder. We have to really make sure our cardio is up to par because there's only one in a million Max Holloway's, you know what I mean? And Samoan that has nonstop <laughs> cardio. So we just got, like, like you said, our talent is in the power, but our hard work is in the gas. Because what's what's your mindset when you when you when you rock up in the mornings and the early hours in the morning you have to train? Is it still like man, yeah, I can't wait to get up and just train? Or is it like, ah, oh, damn, gotta get up? Oh, now I've like understood the process. It's quite easy to get up during a camp, you know, because I wake up, I see my kids in there, and I'm like, I'm not gonna waste my time away. I mean, I'm not gonna go there and just, you know, whinge my way through a session. I'm like, man, my kids are here. You know, they sleep, my partner's looking after them while I'm away, 4.30. I wake up 4.30, train, and I train again 9.30, again at 4.30 p.m. During my fight camp, so I'm like, man, I need to make use of this time away. It's a lot of time and uh, concentration away from your family because if your goal is to knock this guy out, you're not going to be like, oh, hey, son, yeah, how's your day, blah, 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 and then flick from that mode straight to, oh, I, need to I need to knock this guy out. You know, it's real hard to. So during those 12-week camps, man, your mindset, well, the majority of the time is, is on that dude, eh? on that opponent that's training just as hard as you to 
picture in front of your family in front of the world. Do you think um, taking 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 it on personally, like you know, people can sometimes turn things personal. Do you think there are benefits to that, and that it would make you perform better? I guess it depends on the person, but for yeah. yourself, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I, mean, I don't really care. Eh? Like, honestly, I, I used to work the doors in that, so I think that's where I got that. I just aware of all that kind of stuff, and people are trying to egg you on, and therefore. For a scrap and whatnot, but um, yeah, I've, I've had that in the past where guys are trying to make it personal, and I'm just like, bro, I'll fight anyone anywhere. Like, and I, I, I didn't even have to be angry to fight. You know what I mean? Like, it's just something that's that I grew up with, and I didn't take any personal things. I didn't let it affect me or anything. I'm just there to perform, like focus on my own performance. Eh? The knockout will come if it comes. Has it been? Has it been a fight also? That you kind of felt like in, in your fighting career, like man, ah, this guy, I hate this dude. I'm gonna smash his face, man. Like, has it been something like that in, in the past, or even kind of the, the fighters coming up? No, man, that's, I don't really care about all that stuff. Eh? Like, honestly, like, unless someone says something directly to me or something, I don't know. Um, I fought a Brazilian guy once. As they try to do this, eye me out. I'm like, man, I'm from Auckland, bro. Like, that's normal, man. He's trying to play those mind games. I'm like, bro, this is my whole high school years. I think, like, like, what makes you so special? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, even trash talk on the footy fields and that, man. Even the banter at home is... <laughs> man, my aunties mock me way harder than these guys, bro. They're like, son, you know, like, you're getting fat. <laughs> but that cuts way deeper than these guys like trying to mouth off to me in front of, in front of the media. <laughs> We're lucky in that sense. So what you're saying is you scrap your aunties? <laughs> well, I'm saying I still do the dishes with my aunties. <laughs> <laughs> too, uh, that's me. Um, you spoke about like how excited you are for your brothers to come through. What does it mean to train with your brothers and then now having Junior come through into the UFC? I think it's a matter of time, eh, to be honest. Man, I know how great he is. It's just now the, the time for the world to see it. Um, we've got a good balance amongst us. My older brothers are like a... He's a realist, eh? Man, he's a straight shooter. And that's what you need, mm-hmm. you know? And me and Junior, we have our different point of views too. And so does, so does my youngest brother. But um, as a collective, it's good because we shoot it from all angles. And when we come up with like a certain theory or something... Man, we have, like, arguments, but it's good arguments, you know what I mean? We don't have a group of yes people or, like, agreeing to whatever we say and whatnot. We've got a real talk, like, man, if I, I think I'm doing good at this, and I maybe I am, but there's more stuff to improve on. My older brother will be like, oh, yeah, that was good, but, man, look at that. That was trash. Or Junior be like, oh, man, that was good, but look at this. This will work, too. So it's just it's a blessing that they all know how to fight because it gives us, like, good angles to come from, yeah. It's cool. And also, you know, I think you might be one of three that have the title in the UFC. You, Tyson, Babam. Yeah, me, Tyson, Babam. Man, what does what does it mean to you to, um, one, undertake that, but then, you know, when, do you wear it with pride when you go out? Yeah, for sure. Man, like a lot of people know that. Before the parades, I was flying that flag, you know yeah. what I mean? Before the parades, I was walking out to RSC and that, you know, I'm a diehard before anything and before any hype. Um, 
yeah, to get the better was was a big deal. You know, my grandfather was getting old, and he said, "Oh man, you should get the the better." Like, Hell no. <laughs> but man, I, my family now, I'm not. I can speak Samoan, but not to the extent where I knew all the formalities and that. But he said, "Man, if if you're ready to serve, go cool to the family and whatnot in the village." Man, you. What does you know? You didn't have to go towards that scene. It's, it's your impact to Samoa, you know. Yeah. What kind of what kind of impact are you doing to the people, you know? And I was like, yeah, I'll be ready. We chatted on Thursday and I started going on Monday. I was like, what did I get myself into? Oh, wow. But that, that's, that's the biggest take I took from it was, I told my grandpa, man, I'm going to fight. Your last name is going to be everywhere. You know, your name is going to be flying on the banners everywhere. Don't you worry. And now it's, you know, it's come to fruition in that. And it was all just to serve my family and my country proud. That's all it was, you know. If I didn't think I was going to fight big, honestly, I wasn't going to get it, you know what I mean? Because I knew my talents were were towards fighting. And if I couldn't serve my family through my talents, like, why would I get this? But I was that sure I was going to, man, I was only three fights in my career. And I was like, man, I didn't. But I was sure when my grandpa said that and I, he offered me that challenge. And he passed on and... He didn't get to see us fight, but now, man, he's up there like, oh, me and Mika and that. But um, that's all it was. It was just me saying I was ready to serve Samoa and my my village and especially my family. Man. Because, uh, yeah, we talked about family, also your, your tatau. But also just because you just mentioned your, your granddad, how much of an influence has your granddad been? Because it sounds like a very instrumental man in your, in your life. And so if you can touch, the, or you can just tell us, like, what, what what is it about your granddad? What's so special about your granddad that kind of inspires you? Honestly, it was just the way he he served our family, man. He's a very tough guy. Oh, man, he was nice to complain about all the time, but I understood it when I was older, you know. You gotta, you really gotta serve your family well and, I used to live with my grandfather and he used to wake up like clockwork at 4.30, pray, sing, same at night, every day, you know, and I understood it when I got older and older about the importance it was to, you know, role model that stuff. That's why my uncles and that are, are well and I I think my blessings now with my brothers are from his hundreds or thousands of prayers, you know. In my skipper generation and now, now we're with the uh, fruits to his labour. But mm, he's a... Man, I always um, give him props whenever I can, kind of thing. Hopefully, when my time comes and I see him again, he won't grow me off. <laughs> <laughs> I can guarantee he's proud, bro. He must, yeah, he's very proud, man. The tougher name is, is out there. Well done, Man, awesome to hear you honour him. Um, I, it makes me think about what your thoughts are on what you want your kids to build on from you. What do you want them to do better? Because at least I'd like to hope that every generation is trying to do their best to honour by building on what our predecessors have done. So what are your hopes for your children um, that they build on your legacy? Man, I, I just hope they do better it, but um, that's kind of my role, eh? You know, that's my job now. You know, they say, man, what's that saying? But like, tough men breed soft, soft you know? Soft people in that So I'm trying to find that line Where I am doing the hard yards And I'm at that peak But yeah my son's learning those tough lessons too So that when his time comes 
he's still got that toughness to him too. And then if that comes like comes good, I, I know for sure he's gonna do something great, you know. But that's probably my main goal now as a father is understanding that fine line between um, you know, pushing him and not and not forcing that push kind of thing. And obviously it's gonna be be big shoes to fill, you know, being a UFC. Oh, your dad's a UFC fighter and this and that. Your uncle's a UFC. Man, what are you gonna? Still, kind of using that as fuel to be a better person, but not push it where it has to define him, you know, in some sense. And my sons, and I just, I know for sure, man, like the way he's going now, man, he's, he's going to be a great kid, man. He's, he's a really lovely kid. So I feel like I'm doing well, and I just need to continue it. Man, that's awesome. You sort of mentioned something there about um, using it as fuel, and it just made me think about how thin the line is between fuel and fire. Like 100%. sometimes those expectations, they can drive you, but other times it can cripple you so bad. Um, and so just thinking about the fine line and even just within your brothers, you know, and, and having the family legacy that you have. Um, was there ever a time where you felt like it was almost suffocating having the expectations to have to step in? And Nah, honestly, like if you ever speak to my brothers, I've been that guy, you know. I'll carry that burden kind of thing and I see it more as a more of a challenge and more of a challenge I never think I never shied away from that adversity and I really knew after that fight when I lost in our Melbourne my debut in the UFC that my brothers were looking at me and, and kind of you know oh what's he gonna do here what's he gonna do here even though they're my brothers they're still like waiting for my move because I was the one that used to dip the foot first into everything so I really knew it was important for me to bounce back so they can see that's what you do you know that's if you're down and you, get, you work yourself back up and you'll persevere and I remember that's what they were just like real proud of they were like bro you're tough bro and I was like I appreciate it they are like but I could see in their eyes they were like bro that takes some balls bro especially coming from your brothers man it was like cool. I could see how, how big it was for them just me man me um, UFC and fighting's given you this platform and um a lot of people know you because of fighting. Um, who was Justin outside of UFC? Like, if you went doing UFC, who? What would you be doing? Man, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty normal. Eh? I, I chill at home all the time, just see family, play PlayStation, and I think I'm a good smoker on the barbecue. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> Let's just say that, but. No, I'm just a real family family guy. They don't um, don't really go out much or anything, and yeah, just like homes are homes where the hardest kind of yeah. thing. Do you think? Because um, I don't know how long your career will go. Do you think you'll end up going back into youth work or community work after your time's done? Yeah, for sure. That's that's one of my big goals in life is to. Um, I want to be a doctor of philosophy. That's that's one of my big big goals. You know, something I sit before I'm fifty. This is something I want to achieve. Also, being like a black belt in jujitsu, something I want to achieve, and it's just something big because I, I want to be able to. Man, if I was so good at fighting and, and I loved youth work, there's a way to mold that together, create some sort of program where it gives these guys a better, you know, better coping mechanisms to trauma and stress and whatnot. And I know I can find that. It's cool. Yeah, that's cool. It's awesome. You know, it's so cool, um, Justin, because 
you know, people might think, oh, well, UFC, man, I've made the pinnacle. I'm, I'm in the fight game and this is the, the ultimate fighting championship. And people think, oh, yeah, just stop there or kind of rest on their laurels and think, oh, yeah, I've, I've done this and that. But I love the fact that you said, hey, I got other goals. I got other goals. This is one of my goals, but I have other goals that, that are lined up. And it's really inspiring. I can guarantee a lot of men who are watching this and, and women watching this, they go, hey, man, because people might think, oh, that's, that's just the goal. That's, that's the ultimate goal. But you, you, you keep... Um, you keep moving, you, you keep motivating yourself. So how, how, like in terms of motivation, what is, what is your ultimate motivation? Obviously your family, you talk about your family, culture, but for yourself, when, when the lights are off, when you're by yourself and just you in the dark, what is going to, what motivates you to keep on going? You're like, man, I just got to keep going. This is, this is who I am, Justin Tuffer. What, t- what tell, tell us or tell the person who, who wants to know, like, man, I want to know what's in here. I want to know how to keep going, even in the midst of adversity. Um, man, I spoke about this earlier with my partner. I was, was just seeing like my auntie and that they wake up at four o'clock, work 12 hours, come back, you know, two hour traffic with a smile on their face. I'm like, man, if she can do that, man, I, I'm pretty sure I can do this stuff kind of thing. And I'll never rest, you know, until, until I give them the freedom they deserve. Man, I still got work to do, you know, that's, that's the way I see it. My mom and and Monty's and that, if until they get their freedom, why should I rest? You know, that's that's a big thing for me. Nice, wow, that's powerful, man. Um, it's always interesting hearing someone talk about like their dreams and bigger ambitions because you kind of get a glimpse at their character and like what lies beneath. So it's just really cool to see some of your ambitions. Like I'm legitimately cheering for you and hoping that you eventually get to do all those things. And, and it sort of touches on one of the things that. Um, can be tough, especially for people that are in sports where like the lifespan for someone to perform at the highest level, it doesn't last forever. Um, and sometimes some people, you know, there's, there's fighters even that struggle to sort of know when the time is to move on. And uh, I suppose you've outlined some of the goals, but is that something that sort of weighs on your mind a little bit in terms of like preparing yourself for like, when do you know when the time is right to do you know, or is it one no, of those no, things no. when you get there? When it gets, you know, when I cross that bridge, it'll come. That's the way I see it. But I've never, I've never like had hunger for the other things of fighting, the glory, and that. I only used that so I had a good platform so I could help the fellow, you know, the future and even like the older people see. And um, for me, when my time comes, I know just for footy, like the same thing with footy when. I thought, man, I'm gonna be an NRL player. I wanna, I wanna play for Queensland and that. And the one game came and I did a tackle and I was like, no, it's not for me. And then I just dropped it, you know. It's not easy to do, but I'm just that kind of person. Like if the passion's not there, man, it's zero to a hundred kind of thing. Yeah, I'm either fully in or fully out, and I'm well aware of it. You know, I'm not just gonna fight for the sake of it. You know, I don't care about you know the glitz and glamour. I just fight for what it, what it. The positives it brings me with me like being able to use it in a positive way and if I don't need it man I'll, I'll just I'll disappear somewhere <laughs> I'll be out in the bush somewhere just in a farm or something oh that's cool and just speaking of um, passion how do you tell the difference between losing passion and just a series of really bad days because there must be times in your camp where you're like <laughs> what am I doing man that's a hard one I think that one's like, that's another thing that's like fuel or fire kind of thing. Hey, like, 
there could be a few, you know, those those big big tragedies happening because there's like a lot of different factors fall in line and the stars align, you know, and the tragedy happens. But I'm not too sure. I just think your support networks and whatnot kind of give you a clearer picture because they're the ones that you rely on to give you, you know, that that solid foundation when you when you when you're not feeling good and then you'll speak and someone will speak speak some some faith back into you or one and you're like, oh yeah that's what you know for me I if I'm not feeling good and I speak to my brothers about things and then they all agree then that's not for me you know what I mean I got multiple brains that are all there for my best interests and I think your support network is vital because they're like man they, you're being dramatic you know this is what's happened you're injured you're sick you know, down on cash or something. This is why you're feeling like this. I'm like, yeah, just true, true, true. But um, that's what I put it down to. That's for me, man. Other people are different, but for me, it's being able to have that, um, all those networks, even like my partner or even my coaches, I'll just be like, oh, this is, this is what's up. I don't think I can fight this. And that happened to me last year, actually. I, um, I pulled out of one fight. I was like, no, nah, I'm good, I'm good. I feel all right. I was carrying some injuries and I pulled out on my second fight and I was like, my brother's like, no, my trainer was like, bro, you can do it. Two weeks, you can do it. And I was like, nah. Sat down with my brothers and that and they were like, nah, you can't, you can't fight. And I was like, oh, you sure, maybe, maybe I'll just go out there and go 50% and nah. And I was just real like at crossroads. And then my partner came and I just had all these different supports that could kind of like, you know, it's that village, man. They, Discuss on this and then I ended up not fighting had hip and knee surgery and man I was lucky I did because now I can prolong my career and come off that knockout win in Feb and man it all played out right and that was because I had the right people to talk yeah. to you know if it was myself I would have been stubborn and had fought fought injured who knew, who knew what could have happened Damn. I, I love like having this conversation because like a lot of people you know we watch fighters we only see the end product. Like we only see see 5% or 10% of an event, but there's this 90% of work that's being, um, you know, there's this grind that no one gets to see. All the sacrifice, all the grind, all the those conversations. And 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 for a lot of people, it's like, ah, these islanders, they're just punching people, but not realizing, man, God, there's goals, there's a family, that there's a village that you serve. Um, you have goals to become a doctor of philosophy. You know, that's massive. And so um, having you on this table, having this conversation and just sharing that, man, it just shows that it humanizes everything. And, and it also gives whoever's watching, like, man, this is what you need to do. Um, if you can't do it, I can do it. But it, it takes hard work. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. No, that's that's the main reason why I jumped on was to yeah. to showcase that. I know you guys have a big platform, and while I'm here during you know during my time in Auckland, I want to be able to just to let people know, man, I was I was that kid or I was that young adult there at those crossroads thinking the same thing as you, and you know with a bit of hard work and you know the knuckle down, man, it's anything's possible like no matter what kind of field it is too like they could be pursuing anything they want in their career man if yeah. I, I truly believe if if your t intentions are good and you, and you just knuckle down man just work hard man the world is your oyster like as cliche as it sounds that is the blueprint you know like, you yeah. can't can't deny the, the multiple champions in fighting 
they're hard workers, man. And maybe they had a mouth on them, but at the end of the day, they trained hard in that, yeah. you know. Conor McGregor, Khabib, man, they're hard workers, man. They train the house down, so they are confident, you know. Yeah. They're just building their luck through those training sessions. That's me. Yeah. That's inspiring also. Because I love it because it's not every day we get to talk to a UFC fighter, you know, and you are, we're very proud of, of who you are and, and what you've done thus far. And I know the ultimate goal is to be the champion, heavyweight champion, right? Yeah, 100%. That's, yeah. Let's get the belt and ride in the sunset, man. <laughs> <laughs> so John Dunn style, bro, I'll be there with my hat. That's a guy on you, man. But that's it. We, we, we do, we, we wish you the best because we want to see you win. And we will be rooting you, um, rooting you up and on and say, hey, man, go, go Justin. But I need to ask you this also. Has there been a fight or even in your, early on in your career where you felt like, oh, man, you, people, if fighters don't talk about fear or like you, you have a bit of fear, has there been a time when you jumped in, into the ring or the octagon like, man, I feel a bit nervous, a bit, a bit, a bit fearful with this, this, this opponent? Man, that fight after Melbourne, I was like, I remember this guy walked in and we weighed in, he cut some weight. Then he come through, he's like six, eight, man, his shoulders, like, it's a turn to get through the octagon. And I was like, holy crap, this guy's <laughs> massive. <laughs> I was like, bro, this guy's massive. And I remember looking back and my brother was like, even like, oh, I was like, oh, thanks for the confidence. <laughs> but man, I was like, holy crap, it's going to be hard to knock this guy out. But man, it was just, I stayed, um, stayed calm eh, and I ended up getting the job done, but. At first, when he walked through, I was like, hey, was this the same guy I saw earlier? <laughs> Holy shit, this guy is freaking growing two feet or something, bro. Holy crap. But it's made it, made it better, eh? Like, nothing like walk off on a 6'8 dude, man. Oh, man. Uh, thoughts on... Oh, nah. Wait, actual thoughts on John Jones. Should we ask about Mark Kant's thoughts on John Jones? Nah. Do you have goals to fight him? <laughs> And I've, honestly, I, I'll fight anyone. Anyone, man. Like, the goal was to be the best I can be and not be the champ. If he's the champ at the time, what makes him so special, you know? Love that. If, if the rule applies to everyone, eh? They're all the same, man. I'm the same as. Mm. Everyone needs to play footy. When I was from West Auckland, we played the South Side. I used to be like, holy heck, <laughs> Is there a different water out in South Side? <laughs> <laughs> man, these boys from where the who are massive. But then when you get older, you're like, man, look, this guy hurts just the same as yeah. me. And those were like some vital lessons, honestly, that that uh, tickled me with fighting now. It was like, no, man, I remember those boys. This guy's got a beard, man. What the heck? I'm an intermediate. <laughs> <laughs> but those lessons, man, they, it honestly just helped me humanize other dudes. Man, these dudes are big boys. I'm, I'm six, I'm almost 6'2", and I'm short for heavyweight, you know. But knowing these days, I just feel the same pain as me, man. It just makes it easy work kind of thing. Is there someone you've met that um, that you've been starstruck? Like, who's been the biggest star you've seen? That yeah, man, Anderson Silva. Oh, you know? Yeah. Th that was quite early, too. I was in the UFC or anything. Someone I, I look, looked up to when I was fighting. And, man, when I seen him, I went, went to jail. Like, <laughs> I couldn't even speak. Like, and even he looks, oh. But then after that trip, like, understanding that they were just normal cats, man, I just never got starstruck again with any of these fighters. Even I see McGregor, I was like, oh, man. It, like, it's just the same, honestly. Like, the 
But I, I say it time and time, but you know, we're like humble people and then we're shy and that. Then we put guys on pedestals yeah. because, you know, like they're Americans and they're, they're from a fire's place from New Zealand. So you think they're like these celebrities and that. And then you go chat with them, have breakfast. Like, Man, this guy's just a, a normal cat. The more you can normalize that stuff, the easier it is to reach those heights, I think. That's cool. Well said. Man, um, you mentioned before, you know, you've sort of had to come through some injuries and that must be one of the biggest hurdles to get through, especially mentally, to come through an injury, worry about it or, you know, worry about getting re-injured. Um, but there are some blessings of going through rehab properly and you've kind of touched on it a bit. And I was just curious about um, any other, like any new revelations that came to you um, while you were going through rehab, as, you know, apart from the physical healing of it, but just any other sort of, it might be like maybe a mental thing or a social thing, but just a new revelation that came to you while you were having to rehab. Honestly, it was like, um, just like respecting the process more, you know, stretching and that. Like I used to just laugh about, man, warm up, what? But now I know, like, this is why you didn't get injured. Eh? <laughs> but just respecting it more, all the little, little nifty things. Like we just think we're just tough dudes. Like, oh man, I thought I was a tough dude and, they like, put a, a band around your kneecaps and um, you're like, I see the girls do that in the gym. <laughs> yeah. like, no, you got to fire up your glutes. I was like, are you sure you're going to do a TikTok of me? <laughs> it's just all those little, um, those little one percenters, eh? I really respected it more. But I think for us, we just needed someone to really explain it to us. You know what I mean? Like in a professional setting and I seen like a, the guys at um, Restore Function Physio or like top of the line and I used to do sessions and I'm just squeezing a ball between my legs I was like man I've seen these in those those uh, pregnancy classes and that <laughs> why the heck am I there's a pelvic floor just like that. Like, I've seen that <laughs> and, uh, and then you understand you know they, they, they get to like bring out a map or whatever and of the anatomy and oh this is why this is what's what's lacking this is why you got injured you feel awkward listen to what i'm saying this is why i'm the one with the degree like, oh, okay okay but there was a lot of man it was a it was a roller coaster it's, i think it was like i got hip surgery and that's a big surgery but then i got hip and knee surgery at the same time so i was just looking down and i was like man how the heck am i meant to come back from this and man, seven, eight months later, I was fighting in Perth, and I was like, wow, like, crazy, man. I was, that was just the achievement, my, you know, just to make it to the fight. And then to come away with the win was just a blessing. It's just like a, just that reward, eh? Mm. you must have had, there must have been doubts in your mind leading up to that particular fight, having come through the healing process. Um, how do you combat Doubt, like you know, you mentioned about being determined, but even the most determined people must face some doubt. Yeah, man, of course. But man, if you if you ask my team, I haven't trained as hard, you know, and that's what was like minimizing the doubt for me. It was just like crazy. Like I even think people were like, "Bro, are you sure?" Even like, oh, man, my trainers were like, "Man, are you doing that workload?" But I knew I could. You know, this is why I was carried with this burden, I think. And man, I when I when it was time to fight, I was I was comfortable as like I don't know if you guys seen the fight, but I was just relaxed because I knew, man, I trained the house down when guys were having their Christmas hands, man, I was running up hills and stuff, mm -hmm. you know. New Year's Eve, I was just 
I was there in Japan running the treadmill. My brother just finished fighting in front of 40,000 people. I still had work to do. So I was like, man, I didn't. I went through all those hurdles, man. And it, there's the end goal right there. So it, it really minimized the doubt. Like, obviously, the hard rehab, but then the hard work. You just, like they say, you train, the, the harder you train, the luckier you get. Yes. That's brilliant, also. So you, you described the, the rehab and, and also the training. Obviously, you know, you, there's no shortcuts in the in the game here, um, Justin. But can you describe for us because that must be quite interesting, especially when it's um, fight night. Can you walk us through the, the emotions and, and the whole energy and, and so forth and the training camp when it's the, the actual time to, to step into the octagon? Tell us how what's going through your, your, your mind at the time. Honestly, man, when I'm I'm like they're like five minutes, you know, like five minutes to go on. I'm like, damn, am I doing this again? Why do, why do I keep doing this? You know, like, why do I keep fighting? I'm like, damn, I don't even have the stomach for this. And then we walk up, you know, the curtain's there before the walkout. The lights are on, you can see it behind the curtain, and they're like, yeah, we're counting you down. So five, four, three. I'm like, wow. And then they're mad, like, usually I walk out to like Tomasa more. And be like, ding, 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 ding. I'll be like, then I start, life starts breathing into me, and I'm like, this is why. And then the crowd start roaring. I'm just like, no, nah, this is my, you know, this is why. I get more confident. Each step I take towards the cage, I look back, and my brothers are there, and they're like, G me up too. And I'm like, nah, this is why I'm a bad man, man. And yeah, just go about my way. Yeah. The, um, has there been one time? Like, has there been? Because is the song re- important? Like having your the right music for your walking. Like, has there been a time where you've had like a song was like ah stuff this? Like there was a Mike Perry one. Yeah, we walked out to Halo. Halo. Yeah. It was, they got the wrong song, and then he was like, oh, I need you. He just went off it. Yeah, man. One time I, I walked out to Britain Mars or something. I was like, what? <laughs> Catch a grenade for you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, man, like it's a mixture, eh? But man, when I when I when I hear that Atama Samoa track, man, I'm just like it's like reminiscent of of my days when I was young, and that. But at the same time, the lyrics translate into war at the same, you know. Mm. And uh, and plus, it's like a groovy track too, where you yeah. can kind of relax too. It's got a bit of everything. But I remember seeing Ty, and he was there ringside. Bam Bam was looking at me with just pride, eh? and I was like, "This is why, man." Because he's usually like, "Bro, you know, he walks up to like um, Celine Dion, everyone, yeah. Celine Dion, <laughs> um, Cindy Lauper, <laughs> which we listened to too when we were young." But I could see that fire, man. He was just like, "I'm standing there with you," and that's when I'm like, "Nah, this is why I do it." I'm here in Perth, not many Islanders, but they can feel that same passion, man. And if that's them there, imagine the people back home. Oh yeah, that's cool. Love that. You, you bring up tires as well. So, would, would there be a possibility of, if, and would you even consider fighting tire if it, if it came down to it? Like unless he was the champ or something. Yeah. But man, we, we probably would never cross roads. Man, we've been training partners since we first started fighting. You know, we've been through it all, injuries and that, and we travelled the world. Oh, man, there's a lot of heavyweights there. Like a lot of people ask me, and like, man, tires Mosul and that. With another very proud Samoan too, mm-hmm. like there's enough space for us there until it's, you know, champ versus number one contender kind of scenario. Then it's different, but until then, man, it's let's lift each other up until we hit the top. That's good. 
Man, do you, do you have a um a dream matchup for yourself and your dream matchup that you would want to mm. see? Man, I I would like to fight like Engano or something. Oh, cool. man, I got hard hands too. You know, yeah. you know what they say like. He's got the diff touch, but I got a diff touch too. I've knocked guys out through their guard. Left hand, right hand, left foot. It's just the right foot, man. I'm like up level tomorrow, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, I would like to fight someone where they just consider them just a freak and then humanize them. That's cool. <laughs> well, who's your dream matchup like um Between two fighters? Between two fighters. Man, it'll be David Tour, Mike Tyson. Yeah, absolutely. Man, I'll be Gene up Tour, man. I see him. So, he's like, (laughs) That guy looks like a... Man, he's been going handies. I'm like, surely when I hit you, there must be uh, someone's age of maturity or something, because, man, that guy's traps. He... I remember last year, we spent, spent a week together in Sydney when Mark was prepping for Sunny Bill. And I remember explaining to, um, we had this Aussie guy and he was just sitting there and on the table. He didn't really appreciate who was in front of him. And I was like, man, in Samoa, there's God. And <laughs> David Tua, God, man. Tua wasn't far off. The man, we put him up there, you know, he yeah, carried our flag. It was a, a, a great servant to us. And I was like, bro, you need to respect this, man. Bro, it was, this is David Tua. And Tua was like, nah, I was like, nah, man. A lot of fighters fight because of you. Yeah, so yeah, man, just giving them his flowers, man. Shout out to the tour, man. Yeah, the tour, man. Bro, man, it's, it's been a pleasure also. Man, it is. It really is. Because you've got a real calm demeanor. Also, mm-hmm. real calm. Um, and, and people think, oh, that's the, that's the bad man. This this guy must be quite, <laughs> quite boisterous and must be quite, you know, quite aggressive. But you're the total opposite. You're, you're very um, placid, uh, but also very humble. You come across very humble, oh, so. But I, I know without a shadow of a doubt, there's the, there's the fire in that belly, man. Oh man! And so uh, you know, as, as humble as you are and placid as you are, you don't want to mess with um, with Justin. And so, also, what's it, in terms of after all, all the goals that you, you've accomplished, what's the number one, the number one legacy or number one thing that you want to leave behind and people to think, man, that's Justin tougher. Yeah, man, that's a good question, but it's something I always think of, eh? and it's the way I see it is like. When someone's got no motivation and they wake up and they don't want to do something, I want them to go on YouTube and think, what's well, something I'm motivated that will fire me up and then they will search in my name and they will watch my, my fight and they're like, yeah, you know, like Rocky or something. That's the kind of legacy I want to display, that passion and just that, that drive and that will, man. Like, that's, that's what gets me where I am now and that's what I, I want to hope to leave, you know, just that... That guy was just hot, you know. And I see that ever any kind of success is someone that can be vulnerable. Because man, fighting is vulnerable. You're you're leaving your whole everything out there. You know what I mean? And I just want someone to be like, man, I need a, I need a weight, man. I need something to amp me up. And they look, what what, what amps me up? And tougher for me, it was like tour, you know. Shane Cameron walk out or something I'd be like oh let's go <laughs> I used to watch Sonny Smith before his walk out he walked yeah. out to Purple Rain and the, I used to go there and they start fighting I'm like hey, you're not even a body bro. <laughs> <laughs> well that same thing is just passion bro I just want to show everyone that I was that that just that that bad you know tough tough dude my little, my little. Um, 
my probably final question was, um, you know, there's a stereotype about fighters being tough. You know, they're tough, they're determined, they're strong, they love to throw hands. Um, but I'm curious about the flip side of that. So fighters can be tough, but people, people are people. There's always a flip side. And so I'm curious about the tender side of a fighter. Um, when was the last time you cried and what was it that made you cry? Yeah, man, I, I think any like big master of my kids has, has been the last time I've probably cried. Like <clears throat> maybe when my son was born, you know, my son's 10 months. Even, or maybe like in my last win, you know, there's a lot of obstacles in there and I go, I go back and there's a lot of emotions and I look back and I see my partner and they've, they've known what I've gone through and you shed a tear and stuff about all the obstacles they had to be you know, overcome. But that's, man, that's, it's only natural, eh? Like, the guys that deny it, man, are, must be some robots or something, but we're passionate people and they, they with passion comes emotion, you know? Is any <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I awesome. know. I know, good question. Um, we've spoken heaps of, on past um, podcasts and with our guests around this term vulnerability, like, what does that mean to you? you? Touched on it a bit, but yeah, what does being vulnerable mean? Man, like like I said, like it's all it's different. Like in whatever sense you you put it towards, like um, being vulnerable to your to your family and stuff. It's just being more transparent, I, I guess. When you get your better, you're pretty vulnerable. You know what I mean? And True. um, for me, most of the time with the fighting. It's just burying it all out there when they go out in the octagon and that. If you're not vulnerable, then you're not, you're not like prepared to go all the way. You know what I mean? True. And for me, I'm just like, the way you give your loko to the kofunga when you call your better is the same way I, I give my loko to the octagon I'm there to fight, you know. I'm ready to lay my, my shield out there and and if I die, when I die kind of thing. But what I'm trying to display is the talents that God gave me and that comes with it kind of thing, yeah. Man, I don't love also. You, you said like a man of faith. I just want to talk about religion. Um, Getting also. Also, man, it's been a pl- pl- uh, pleasure and, and a privilege also. You already, you, you, know, you talk about your legacy in terms of people watching you on YouTube and, and on social media and kind of being amped up and being motivated. But already, also, you're already doing that also. I can guarantee a lot of young men and a lot of people are watching you, that, man, that's, 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 I want to be like Justin Tuffer. I want to be like that guy. Oh, he's, he's knocking up people left, right and center. And so also, mad props to you, all the best uh, in UFC. And so we're, we're speaking into existence right now, bro. We're, we're shaking hands with, with the, the heavyweight champion of the world, <laughs> man. It's a so, time, bro. But we're, we're really appreciative also of, of your time. And thank you so much for, for uh, coming at the table and then chilling with the, with the Usos. Um, but before we um, kind of wrap it up, also, is there anyone that you can think of that would be ideal to come on the on the podcast that you can think of that, you know, and this, this guy would be person, uh, perfect to come on? Yeah, man, I think someone like Tyson Pedro would be quite good. You know, he's got a, a good perspective on, um, you know, he had a couple of knee reconstructions yeah. in there, had a big long layoff after being a big prospect. I think him and his, um, that kind of story of facing that adversity is, yeah. is someone a lot of people should look at because there's um, a lot of young islanders that they suffer those big injuries and they just give it away. You know what I mean? 
guys are like, oh, I did my knee, so I stopped playing footy. I've heard that time and time again. And I think if you look at someone like Pedro, man, that he was already up there kind of thing. Had a knee rico, went back to training after a year, another knee rico, got hurt, come back after three years off, and now he's killing it. Maybe it's just a good good talk for a lot of people to listen to. Yeah. Yeah, Pedro, sorry. Tyson, Tyson, Pedro. Who's up? We're in Auckland now. <laughs> you can't get you can't escape us now. Oh, uh, awesome, awesome. Uh, also, uh, every guest that comes on, we always give them a gift, a caricature of of of, of them. And so, um, this is on behalf of the mandate team. Also, this is f- uh, for you. So, yeah. I don't love also. Sorry, it makes me. It's. Com- it's, it's it makes me look good. <laughs> <laughs> no, these, these, no, I appreciate it. I appreciate it for you guys. Um, you know, I reached out to you guys for a chat and you guys responded quickly and I appreciate you guys for taking your time as well and um, listening to my story, man. And hope for the best for you guys and continue to inspire you. Yeah. Oh, man. Thank you. Yeah. So, but, so we always give the, our guest uh, the last word. Uh, any words of encouragement also? Any last words you want to wanna say? Man, I, so, you know, have a dig. Back yourself and trust your gut, you know, like um, surround yourself around good people, but always back yourself, man. That's the biggest thing I can say. If you truly feel like you can achieve that thing, man, the people that want to stick around will stick around. You know, it's only up to them. It's you that, that determines whatever you do. And just back yourself, man. I'll say it again and again. Oh, yeah. God bless. Yeah, awesome, man. Justin Tuffer. Guys, please don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment. We look forward to your wealth and our comments. And uh, once again, thank you, Justin, for, for tonight. We have yeah, mad love and love uh, for But with that, guys, as usual, refine, unlock, and take, take charge. charge. Bandit.